0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wicked The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wicked Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wicked Ba da ba ba ba. Go!
2: And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.
1: Welcome to the Vault Podcast classic music reviews
0: presented by iv creative now here's your hosts b cox and the crew greetings and welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the vault podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything but you're right here with us so we thank you with you today is yours truly b cox and with me i have my boy in the place to be our host of the raw sex podcast you know him as cousin Damo, aka dominique marks make sure y'all following raw sex podcast on instagram also on twitter and make sure y'all listening to raw sex and subscribe as well Every Friday, make sure you check out on Friday morning. We got a hot new episode. Of course, we are climbing up those charts and the numbers continue to go up. So make sure y'all going through, as we always say on his show, we say it here, support is free. So make sure y'all go there, run the numbers up, make sure you follow on Instagram and checking in on the post and make sure y'all are going out there and sharing out there if y'all enjoyed the content. You know, it's a new year. We started with a couple of episodes and ready to get things started back up. So make sure y'all go to Raw Sex listen and support that we want to make sure that we thank all of our listeners and supporters out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to support the show we're now three weeks into this season six y'all want to thank y'all so much for all the feedback of the last two episodes that we did with van everett from the scenario radio show and now we're into the third one as we continue to go on Highlighting albums from the years 1994, 1999, and 2004. Just remember to make sure that y'all are going to vaultclassicpod.com. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. Check out all our episodes, join our mailing list, and of course, make sure y'all go into the merchandise store to cop that hot new merch to support the podcast and support the show. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. As we always like to say, you're on the vault. Our motto is hashtag open the vault. Hashtag nothing but the classics and MBTC. And today, Damo, we're going to go back 25 years ago. And we're going to go to what many people believe is actually his debut, but is actually the second studio album. From Eminem, the Slim Shady LP, released February 23, 1999, was recorded between 1997 and 1998. Majority of it, if not all of it, done at Studio B in Ferndale, Michigan, with a runtime of 59 minutes and 39 seconds on Aftermath and Interscope Records. The producers on this, Eminem himself, of course, Dr. Dre, Mark and Jeff Bass, and Melman, the singles from the Slim Shady LP. The first one, My Name Is, released January 25th, 1999. Role Model, released May 26th, 1999. And Guilty Conscious, released on June 8th of 1999. So, Damo, going back to Eminem, right around this debut, right around the time we're in high school, we're talking hip-hop every single day. uh, We're right around this time period, we're getting ready to hit around the turn of the century, and this was something that, when this came out, really kind of caught a lot of us by surprise, based on the fact of, the very so obvious reason why I caught a by surprise. But when you actually got in and listened to the content, it took you into a whole lot of different places. And the discussions around this, I would have to say, were based around so many different points when it came to Eminem. And I want to say that when you got through the album, the least of the talking points was the fact that he was white. You know, <laughs> it was about everything else as a result of that. But going into it, though, I think we all knew that if Dr. Dre was going to sign on to work with a dude, that he had to be dope. And if you were signing on to work with a white boy, it had to be something extraordinary. So that's where we'll lay the foundation. And now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So we'll start with you, Damo, about the Slim Shady LP. Let us know what your thoughts was, thinking about it, reminiscing, and listening to it back then. And then now this past week, listening to it, what are your thoughts on it now, 25 years later?
2: I remember this album, like, kind of like it was yesterday. Obviously, like what you said, you know, the, pushing us by surprise and the hype being that Dr. Dre signed this white boy. But I remember my cousin, my cousin grabbed the CD first. Mm-hmm. So he grabbed it. Man, he probably scratched it up playing it so much. Like, I don't we really listen to it, they again." <laughs> but I know back then we used to listen to the album. You know, we had to know the lyrics. So we listened to it over and over. And I'm like, yeah. first of all, the shit was crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, you listen to it back, he's like,
1: this one, he really said that shit? Yeah.
2: <laughs> So you listen to it, but then you don't even listen to the, the rhyme pattern if he popping off on it, and he going nuts. And when I'm back there, you're like, damn, he's fucking sick. Yeah. Now listening to it with mature ears, you listen to it. Of course, I still feel the same way, but I also, like, listening to it this week, I was like, he seemed like he might be the first person that went into that crazy voice thing that people be trying to, that some of the the good, the great rappers do now, where they do the little
1: mm-hmm. Mickey
2: Minaj, Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. the game does it too, whatever, where they do the little change up in their voice man mm-hmm. they sound funny or whatever, but they be spitting. Yeah. So I think he might have created that shit right then. listening to it. this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I think he was one of the ones that helped popularize it as well. I mean, because he was the person that we talked about Eminem and all his different alter egos, right? Like, this is Slim Shady. I mean, you're looking at Marshall Mathers, Eminem, and then there's Slim Shady, right? It was sort of like he was playing all the different characters in the set of a movie, sort of like Eddie Murphy. And he had to play mm-hmm. each one of those separate characters distinctly and make sure that you were looking at a different person. And what it speaks to is not just his creativity. Also say it speaks to his complexity and also to how difficult his life was, because I think that Having to go through all that shit he went through and also have to deal with all the shit that he dealt with, not just in the fact that he grew up poor and his mother and his father and his brother having died and the fact that he was white and people slept on him, he got picked on and, you know, he dealt with addiction issues that he kind of sort of like developed these different personas to help him get through this different shit, right? So when you talk about mm-hmm. the shit that like Kendrick Lamar does with his voice and Nikki being Roman and all this different shit, it all kind of mm-hmm. goes back to Slim Shady, right? I mean, that's really yeah. what the fuck it goes back to. But yeah. man, the, the the thought that I had is that I first heard about Eminem from the internet sites and in the discussion boards. So this is 97. I just got the internet. And so I was a little bit late, you know, Yo. and, 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 and a lot, <laughs> a lot. But, but see, back then I kind of just got the internet, but I felt like I had a late pass back then. Cause I felt like everybody is starting getting the internet, like in 95 when AOL first dropped and you know, 96. And I felt like by the time we got it, we were kind of late, you know what I'm saying? Cause like people were saying then, Oh, go to our website. And I'm like, how the fuck can I go to a website? I ain't got a computer that got, that can get on the internet that I can go to a website. I had never even been on the internet until I got the internet in my house. So when I got the internet and jumped on online, the first thing I did was go and look at these different hip hop sites, discussion boards. So I was on davyd.com. I was on ducktown.com chat. I was on support online hip hop and uh, 88hiphop.com, all these different places. And that's where the first time I really got introduced to underground hip hop for the first time. So when I heard about this in 97, is when I first heard about this white rapper from Detroit named Eminem and everybody was going crazy about him. And this is right on the heels of the 97 Rap Olympics, where he blew up. That's where so many people ended up discovering him, where he made it all the way to the finals and then eventually lost in the finals of the Rap Olympics. Well, at that point, he gets back. His name is hot in the streets. He goes and records that Slim Shady EP. And during this time when all this stuff is going on, he's still going through stuff. His house gets broken into. Him and his girl Kim, of course, involved in a lot of different you know, shit, and we knew about Kim a lot from this album, and also from all the ones afterwards. Their love, hate, mm-hmm. and then the hate, a relationship again, and then. Man, I understand it now. Yeah, Am I understand. I, I know you do. <laughs> and his EP finds its way on the desk of Dr. Dre, right when it got to Interscope CEO Jimmy Iveen's desk, and Dre just says, "Yo, wherever this kid is at, we need to find him. We need to sign him now." And a lot of people were like, well, Dre, don't sign this kid because he's white. But Dre was like, I don't give a fuck what color he is. He's dope as fuck. And we're going to make some great music. He signs to Dr. Dre. And it was a big surprise to anybody out there. The buzz came around by the obvious fact. Yes, he was white, but he was also dope. Matter of fact, I would say iller than probably any white boy rapper that we had ever known before, right? And yeah. his subject matter. Hey, yeah. And his subject matter though, was where we really got people going and got us talking. It was like the shock value. It was like mm-hmm. being aghast at to the shit he would say and how candid he would be about his struggles growing up. About addiction, about wanting to kill his girlfriend, about the things that you would just, he would just come out and break out of left field and be like, yo, like you said, like he also (laughs) said on The Real Slim Shady, uh, he didn't just say what I think he did, did he? Yes, he did. (laughs) And so the thing is, is that we thought that he was off the chain and we thought that that was the most we could experience from in one artist after listening to this album. But for real, that was only the tip of the iceberg because as the albums went on, he would continue to unload that shit onto us and do it in a way that only he could. And like the thing to me, which I loved is that beyond the fact that the production was dope and he learned from one of the best, the way that he used words, right? The way that he manipulated mm-hmm. them into his flow was so uncanny and eventually it became legendary. And not only did it become legendary, it eventually evolved as the years went, went on. And I think that the myth needs to sort of stop. And this sort of have had like emerged within the last five years or so. And it's been perpetuated by so many people out there like, you know, Lord Jamar and a couple of the folks out there saying like, yo, this dude is only nice because he's white. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, he's not just nice and successful. His success, you can say it helps the fact that he's white, right? But I think the fact is that he brought something to hip hop that nobody else brought. He just so happened to be white and also poor and have a story that if you didn't actually know it, you would think it was too outrageous to be true. And this album sort of personified Eminem in that respect. It gave you a story that was so outrageously crazy, that was so perfectly and meticulously given, almost like you were dealing with a poet, a play writer, a script writer, and a director all wrapped up into one. Like he literally put on a show for us, right? Even before he came out with the Eminem show, this album was literally like a production to show you just how fucked up his life was. And how hungry he was to make it in rap, and we were never the same until after that. Yeah. Also, how fucked up his brain was. Oh, sh- <laughs> bro. Yeah. Now we talk about the differences between like addicted M and sober M, and how people have said that now that m&m is sober, he's not nearly as dope. But I mean, he's still dope. He just has different shit to talk about now, right? But. Those struggles sort of gave a lot of people sort of a gateway into his mind and also connected it with us because he was letting us know that he was severely fucked up and didn't give a fuck that he was severely fucked up, right? And I think a lot of people were like him in that respect, is that here's this dude that so many rappers tend to say, oh, they're so nice, they're so rich, they got this, and they'll talk about how they would struggle, but then they came up. He was letting us know, like, yo, like he said in that freestyle on 8 Mile, I'm a fucking piece of white trash and say it proudly, that's almost like what the yeah. fuck he was singing in this album as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what helped endear people to him, really. That really yeah, was what helped endear people it definitely
2: to did. him. It definitely did because there was a lot of people going through the struggles that didn't admit to it. Through the he same was shit.
0: He was, he, he was just open with it on the album. Absolutely. The fact that he was so open with it as well, that definitely helped too. Highlights and lowlights. So, Damo, your highlights and lowlights for the Slim Shady LP. What do you have for your highlights and any lowlights if you got them?
2: You know what's funny is I haven't listened to this album in forever.
0: Mm, Okay.
2: Until you said hey, you know what I did? I was I was like, "This is one of them great albums, right there." Why haven't Why have I listened to it? So I went to listen to it, and I was like, I was shocked at how easy it went through. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Right. So, like, really to me, the whole album is a highlight. Mm -hmm. Highlight lyrics, highlight production, everything—the way it was set up, track to track. It's like they. It seemed like the way you said it, orchestrated it. They put it together the right way. Yeah. So it just bounced right into the next song, right into the next song, right into the next okay. The only, and I didn't really want to say it's a low light to me, because the lyrics on there it was still top tier. I just didn't really like the song. I think that's come on everybody.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: I think that's the only song to me that I'm like, uh, I could have did without it.
1: Yeah.
2: But other than that, the highlight is the whole album to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, the entire album. Right. Any in particular songs that stand out to you, though? Like, like you listened to it, and you was like, this is oh, a cut above the rest, like maybe one or two songs that stand out to you?
2: Man, I love the, uh, the my fault. Mm,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Power the true. Yeah. Like, I know your dad brings you out as you're crazy wow. as hell. Yeah, I know. But the way he put, the way he tell that story on it, mm-hmm. it tough. Yeah. right. and then, you know what? The skit, our yeah. serious highlight. Oh yeah, the skits are crazy as hell. Can from Connecticut? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing that was crazy to me that I didn't know until today was that soap skit. I didn't know that Voice of Five Nine was on that soap. Oh yeah, soap
1: skit.
0: yeah.
2: So when I'm hearing that, I was like, "That is voice."
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's Royce, yep Yep, it is man, it is Man, well, what I would say is this all The singles obviously The My Name Is, when that joint dropped And the fact that you know He had Dr. Dre in the video with him And there was a video that was crazy as hell too But that sample, like and the story Behind that sample when I actually Heard about it, you know, him actually Sampling that song and using that to be For My Name Is, and the fact that They said that they did it in only an hour <laughs> <laughs> that's wild man it really is really is wild the other part about it is the fact that using that Labby Sifri's track I got the and the fact that the dude is gay and he said that he refused to clear the sample until they took out the sexist and homophobic lyrics out of it so you know that's a whole another story that adds to the mythology of the album Guilty Conscious is a great song with him and Dre I mean that's obviously you could tell you can tell him he wrote both parts him and Dre's parts you know what I'm saying you can tell in the writing of it and the way that Dre spits <laughs> it you know, Dre has a way of, when he spits a song, he, you can tell who wrote it for him, right? So, <laughs> yeah. but it was a great way of being that sort of, the angel over your shoulder and the devil over your shoulder and mm-hmm. the different scenarios was really brilliantly done. The role models, crazy because, yeah. you know, <laughs> he, he was spitting some shit on that yeah. one too. And yeah. and it's different things with the, the lines and then the hooks. And he was talking about some, don't you want to be just like me? Like, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> Just like me. yeah <laughs> and then like the, the the first eminem song that i actually heard was just don't give a fuck and i mean that was r- incredible absolutely incredible but then getting into the, some of the deeper album tracks you see him really get vulnerable on tracks like brain damage and also mm-hmm. on as the world turns and on Rock Bottom, which to me, Rock Bottom is probably one of my two or three favorite tracks on there. And especially with Rock Bottom, because you know, like people go through shit like that every day now, right? Mm -hmm. And so even when he was recording this EP, before he got with Dr. Dre, this is the type of shit that he was going through. These are the type of songs that sort of endear him to people, like knowing and seeing him at his absolute worst. But then when you get into the creativity, we talked about Guilty Conscious, and then 97 Bonnie and Clyde with them talking about basically putting Kim in his trunk with Haley in her car seat with them while he went to go dump her in the ocean like I mean really depraved shit right when you think about it at his core but it's just like damn man just think about it he's taking his infant daughter with him to go dump her mother after he done slit her throat and him explaining to her what happened right oh she was eating and she spilled ketchup all over her shirt don't worry about that little thing on her neck like wow dog for real like are you kidding me yeah but The skits, as you mentioned, are definitely a highlight too. And I kind of feel like that became a hallmark of his during that first three-album run. The skits sort of helped to break the album up and to give you a little bit of connection from one part of the album to the next. Like, it doesn't make the album monotonous. You always get some humor in between those tracks. And uh, the skits are funny as hell because he's really drawing the humor out of this off of his shit in his mind. Like, the Ken Kniff shit, dog. Like, enough for him to take that and draw it across three albums. It's like, dog, like, what the fuck are you thinking about when you write these skits? (laughs) Like, for real? That's why I was talking, makes Eminem Eminem. So, and then the soap skit, I mean, like, come on, dog. Yeah, like, like, bro, bro, there's something wrong with you. Probably my favorite song on the album is probably Bad Meets Evil, right? And Mm -hmm. this sort of connects us to what we would see 12 years after this album came out when Royce and M eventually released their Bad Meets Evil collaboration album, which for me... I still like to say when it comes in the 2000s, it's probably within my top tens of dopest lyrical displays that you can see from an album in the 2000s on. I mean, like they went in on it and you saw a preview of that on this. And for those who don't know the whole relationship between M and also between Royce, they were cool at first. Then they had a little bit of a beef between him and D12 and D12 and M were not messing with Royce after a little while. And then at some point in time, after Proof died, becoming cool with each other again, and they eventually mended fences, and they ended up putting the bad versus evil together, and was also a very, I would say, instrumental source in getting towards the slaughterhouse getting together, which is Royce, Crooked Eye, Joe Budden, and Joel Ortiz. Of course, that didn't end the way that we thought it would end, but, you know, it was a good idea. And you had four really dope MCs put together as a result of that. And then to end the album with I Still Don't Give a Fuck,
2: That thing, you know,
0: yeah, just letting you know. (laughs) Right. And it sets up everything perfectly for this run that Eminem's going to go on over the next four years, where eventually he's the biggest, not only hip hop star, but probably one of the best five biggest stars in all of music at that time. By the time the Eminem show drops in 2002. So Mm -hmm. uh, really great things. I have to agree with you. If there is a low light, it would have to be come on, everybody. Not like you said, the lyrics on there are still top tier, but it kind of didn't fit with everything else to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, our production on this, Dr. Dre doing his thing on the tracks he produced, the Bass Brothers on here. Mark and Jeff did an absolutely phenomenal job. l man on the tracks that he produced just for a debut album about as well as a album that you can produce for somebody that has a style that's done or Orthodox. And also with the subject matter he was talking about, how did you make beats with things that he, this, like him talking about addiction and killing his mother and his, you know, like, but it fit everything kind of all fit together. It really was. Well, the thing that also helped though, is that Dr. Dre said M was a junkie in the studio. He was somebody that got in and worked, worked, worked. And for the way that Dr. Dre was, it was a marriage made in heaven because they were both of the same mindset. They wanted to get in the studio and work. And he was willing to stay in the studio for 12, 16, 24 hours straight just to be able to get something done. So when you have two people who visions the line on an album, that's when you really get something like magic starting to happen.
2: Yeah. You can say, you can, you can say they imagine they were have it. I wish they would do whatever album. Together.
0: Oh, yeah. I just, would. Just, just yeah. There. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if Dre's interested in making beats anymore because it seems like he's, you know, kind of yeah, he's, he's just like to be executive <laughs> and play back and chill. And you know, M. I don't know. I don't know if I've heard much of anything from M. Over the last few years. That if I wouldn't want to hear you know, another well, album, you know, that is true. You know, so it's true. I mean, but he's done a lot. He's done so much in his career. He doesn't know like, does he need to put out another album? I don't know if he does. No, so, he really, he really don't. He
2: no, really don't need. He to. doesn't. He doesn't. So, but you, you would like to see the the exercise to see if it. Mm-hmm. If he can give you one, I would like to see if he could give you one more classic. One more and classic. Thing, I would like to see that. Yeah. And I think the only way you can really get another classic from him would be with Dre.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I know that he can produce himself as well, but I would love to see Dre, him and Dre, lock in the studio and stay in there for a month and just see what they can come up with. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Notable quotables. So we'll go to notable quotables. What notable quotable or quotables do you have from this, Damo?
2: 97 Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I figured you might like something from that. Uh, verse two, there's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell, a place called prison and a place called jail. And that is probably on his way to all of us at one Kamama's got a new husband and a set down. And you don't want a brother, do you? Maybe when you're old enough to understand a little better, I'll explain it to you. But for now, we'll just say mama was real, real bad, was being mean to dad, and made him real, real mad. But I still feel sad that I put her all time out. Sit back in your chair, honey. Quit trying to climb out. I told you it's okay, ha-hey. Wanna baba? Take a night-night? Nana? Poo-boo gaga? He'll make a poo-boo caca. Daddy change your daddy. Clean the baby up so her can go nighty 90. The dad'll wake you up soon as we get to the water. 97 Bonnie and Clyde, me and my
1: daughter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, when I say, "Yo, how'd he go from he being a menace, yeah, to
1: talking to his daughter?" Yep. What
2: you say, baby, you know? baby talk. Okay. Yeah, and everything. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Crazy man. Yeah. Oh,
2: don't worry about mama.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say,
2: yeah, yo, this is bad but him Off the Crazy hook. As hell. Off
0: the hook, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, he's <laughs> that whole song 97 Bonnie & Clyde is like, damn dog, you had to be in a sick place to write some shit like this, dog. Like, and I wonder now that his his daughter is now grown, like what the I, fuck she thinks about this shit. <laughs> I think I she I, was thinking, I, I think I she was
2: just kind of same yeah. thing. When I think, I was listening to this song. I say, yo. Yeah. I mean, you her being there, she probably know that that's you know, how it was. She's yeah. like, I understand. Yeah. Like, yo, she dead.
0: Yeah, I think she kind of chalks it up for what it is, because I think she knows, one, how what kind of place her father was in, and also what the relationship her mother and father also had, and that this was a mm-hmm. part of him using his creative agency to sort of, I guess, express what his emotions were during that time. Even if he wasn't literally going to kill her, he needed to, I guess, express that to the world, which is, you know, yeah. it's... Still wild, though. Still wild as fuck to do some shit yeah. like that, though. It really Definitely. is. But Definitely. I-, I got a couple of quotables. My first one is the first verse from Rock Bottom. And it just speaks to, like, again, what it is that he and other people go through with these struggles. He says, I feel like I'm whacking a tightrope without a circus net. Popping per cassette. I'm a nervous wreck. I deserve respect, but I work a sweat for this worthless check. I'm about to burst this tech to somebody to reverse this debt. Minimum wage got my adrenaline cage. Full of venom and rage, especially when I'm engaged. And my daughter's down to her last diaper, it's got my ass hyper. I pray to God, answers. Maybe I'll ask Nike, sir Watching ballers while they floss in the Pathfinders. These overnight stars become autograph signers. We all long to blow up and leave the past behind us, along with the small fries and average half pinders. But player haters turn and bitch like they have vaginas, because we see them dollar signs and let the cash blind us. Money will brainwash you and leave your ass mindless. Sneak slither in the grass, spineless. I mean, it's it's crazy, you know? And talking about that, I know a lot of people can relate to that, saying that he's, you know, be works and sweat for this worthless check. You know, the whole thing is they said minimum wage, got his adrenaline cage full of venom and rage, especially when I'm engaged. And my daughter's down to her last diaper and got my ass hyper. I pray that God answers. Maybe I'll ask nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, hit your boy right in the heart, just there, cause shit. <laughs> I know what the hell it is to go through some shit like that, man. And my second one comes from the second verse of "Just Don't Give a Fuck," and he starts off talking about these other white rappers, and then other talk, to, and then goes into his his crazy mode again. I'm nicer than Pete. When I'm on a search to crush a milk bone, I'm everlasting. I melt vanilla ice like silicone. I'm ill enough to just straight up diss you for no reason. I'm cold in the snow season when it's tiny below freezing. Flavor with no season. This is the sneak preview. I'll diss your magazine and still won't get a weak review. I'll make your freak leave you. It smells like Folgers crystals. This is a lyrical combat. Gentlemen, hold your pistols. But I formed like Voltron and blast my shoulder missiles. Slim Shady. Eminem was the old initials. Extorting, snorting, exporting abortion. Pathological liar. Blowing shit out of proportion. The looniest, spontaneous, sporadic. Impulsive thinker. Compulsive drinker and addict. Half animal, half man. Dumping your body inside of a fucking trash can with more holes than an Afghan. (laughs) I mean, it's it's crazy, man. The fact that he took those first two bars to talk about all these white rappers. Say I'm nicer than Pete but I'm on a search to crush a milk bone. I'm everlasting. I'm out with vanilla ice like a silicone. <laughs> he dissed one, two, three, four, five white wrappers <laughs> and twin and two bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, and I think he had to kind of do that to kind of set himself aside from other white rappers, yes, he you did. know? Mm-hmm. To he let got- you know that he ain't, like, he ain't deaf. Yeah, he ain't gonna have to let folks know, and people, it's unfortunate that Pete, MC Search, Milkbone, Everlast, and Vanilla Ice had to catch some strays on this joint, but... That's what he had to do, though. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he had to do. I love this joint. I mean, really kind of to me, like I said, this is the first Eminem song that I heard. And I was just like, oh, man, this white boy is serious, dog. I got to, to make sure I cop this shit when it comes out. You know what I'm saying? So lots of other quotables on this joint. I could probably do. I mean, shit, you could probably do an episode just for the quotables on this song, on this album alone. <laughs> yeah. For real, dog. You could. Yeah. You could. Final verdict. So we're at to the final verdict, Damo. What to you is the Slim Shady LP? Is it a classic, essential album, dope? Is it good, just okay, or something else other than that?
2: It's a classic. All-time classic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah it's okay. Yeah. For what's time in there, when you go back, you know, now the lyrics is not prevalent no more. You're going to be like, hey, you missed this time with was yeah. sitting with sitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the production is great. Great production, great lyrics.
0: Now, it's a classic to me as well. You look at all the elements of what you look for in a classic album, the impact, the legacy, what it has on people. I mean, you got to think that when M came out with this, he definitely helped to shape with this album and the other two that followed afterwards. A lot of lyricists that took after him, that people started coming afterwards and wanted to see if they could match up with that sort of mastery. And then also he kind of made it okay. Like people talk about emo emo rap, like and we talk about mm-hmm. how rap now is emo and these kids they're on like yeah. you know it's like pill popping rap and depression and stuff like yeah. that. Like that sh- this shit was emo rap and pill popping rap before that shit even existed in this portion of the twenty first was, century. I though I ain't
2: gonna, gonna say it was emo, but I'm gonna say he was he was spitting the stuff that they be doing in the emo. Yes. It was spitting you know, without a doubt. He was spitting it without the emo that we get. Like it was straight rap lyric.
0: Yes, it was. <laughs> it definitely was. But
2: that shit, now, yeah. now you can say he's a... The, now then that we're talking about it, he got like the father of a lot of these niggas that we didn't give him that the fuck we give Joe button being a lot of these niggas' fathers, but really it's probably Eminem that's their father.
1: Yeah. He
2: just just Joe gave it more sentimental music, more like an R and B slow, a like slower type of music to give you that feeling of it being. He he brought the emo with the rap. Joe yeah. did right, yeah. yeah. But the lyrics wise, it was Eminem and like, you know it's okay to have these mental issues, to have these issues with the pills and the drugs and all and all that.
0: Mm-hmm yeah it was man and so as a result of that he helped to create a lane for something that not many other people could follow but many other people would try to imitate later on and what he did is as a result of that is sort of create a level of excellence and standard that many people will attribute to him being white but i say it helps if the music is also dope as well the production is outstanding and you can spit like the way that he does and You know, hey, could you say if he was black, it wouldn't be the same? I mean, sure, you could possibly say that success-wise, but the music wasn't dope because he was white. It was because he's dope as fuck. That's it, and that's the only thing to it. That's it. Slim Shady LP. It's a classic. Me and Damo both agree on that, man. What do y'all have to say about it? Hit us up on social media, of course. Go to vaultclassicpod.com to get to all of our social media channels. What do you remember about the Slim Shady LP around that time if you were around and outside What were your thoughts about it? Were you as shocked about it as we were? And of course, what are some of your favorite songs? Hit us up on social media. Let's talk and keep the conversation going. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show. Check out our past episodes. Join our mailing list leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace.
1: Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein,